Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Was It Good? I'm your host, Ravi, and I'm joined by my two brothers, Krishna and Arjuna. Lots of news around HBO Max and the future of movie theaters. I'm sure we're going to get a lovely Christopher Nolan rant from Arjuna, and we have a very special guest joining us to break it all down. Welcome, TD St. Matthew Daniel. How is it going? Double intro, I love it. And, and I guess for the podcast listeners, they don't know what I mean by double intro, but taking them <laughs> behind the curtain on this one. Um, but... <laughs> Excited to be here. Um, this is, I think, the second time I've, I've been on a pod with you guys. The first time was way, way, way back when, when Suicide Squad, the oh. uh, <laughs> the original, the OG, oh not the James Gunn version at all. I'm talking, I'm talking review of the um, what's his name, David Ayer, the David Ayer. That's the, right, long time the ago. The Warner Brothers cut of the David <laughs> Ayer Suicide Squad movie. Since you know the David Ayer cut is still out there somewhere. Which, by the way, not to digress, I don't believe it, and I don't really want to see it. Much like like the Schneider Cut, it it didn't exist until (laughs) until the internet brought it into play, and then Zach's like, oh, no. HBO Max needed it, and we're going to talk a lot about HBO Max, I'm sure, but HBO Max, man, these guys. (laughs) TD, TD, in your opinion, has uh, Suicide Squad aged well (laughs) at all? Yeah, you know what's funny, man? I would say this: like I revisited the um, the Snyder movies when the H- when the Snyder cut, you know, news came out. I was like, you know what? Let me just go back. Let me see if I was a little bit too harsh on these. I still stand that at least Suicide Squad had moments of fun and levity, and not saying that's what you need in these movies. Obviously, that's not what Snyder is going for. Mm-hmm. But you know, I know you know Will Smith had some fun moments. Margot Margot Robbie had some fun moments. Obviously, how much. Warner Brothers lean into her afterwards. Right. Um, so, you know, I, but it, it, it was a bad movie for sure. <laughs> I don't think it's I, here's the thing. I think the biggest, the best, the biggest testament to that movie is that it was so bad. It hasn't aged any worse because it couldn't possibly age worse. than it, worse, it, <laughs> so it couldn't get worse. So it's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I like that. I think that that's a good only, way to yeah, like can only up. get better. Can only get better yeah. from there. And we've got yeah. the James go, Gunn obviously doing a sequel. So yes, Sequel slash yeah. reboot slash Remake. spiritual successor slash it's, something. It's it's a Suicide Squad, right? So you just yeah. do whatever you want, but no one's really going to care. <laughs> yeah. Suicide Squad's always been a fascinating, I think, storyline. Just a bunch of bad guys or you know, neutral folks. Yeah. Bombs in their heads. Yeah. Told to go do some air quotes good. Mm. But really, it's bad. Yeah. I don't know. It's, and there's a, there's a video game coming out, And there's right? a game. There is a yes, game coming out for it, too. Yeah. There is a game. Yeah, during eight, it's one of those uh, things that Hollywood just gets fascinated about, right? Like they just like lean in on this one property that's kind of obscure, but for some reason they just keep going back to that well time and time again. It's like, guys, really? Yeah, yeah. Kind of like, kind of like Guardians, maybe with I was Marvel. Say, that's like the yeah. I would say like yeah. the equivalent, right? Yeah. When you yeah. compare, yeah. obviously, Guardians is more family friendly. Yeah. Warner Brothers mm-hmm. Suicide Squad is more. Edgy. Well, that's the thing, right? Yeah. That, so uh, when when Warner approached James Gunn about doing a DC project, they let him decide what to do, mm-hmm. and he's the one that chose yep. to do Suicide Squad. And then that's and then mm-hmm. Kevin Feige and Marvel and Disney came back and said, like, "We want you to come back for Guardians." 3 oh boy! After everything, and yep. he's like, "Yeah, okay." Like, but, <laughs> but yeah, but I have to wait a year because I'm doing this other movie. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're like, yeah. "Okay, I guess I guess we'll wait." Let's get him into let's yeah. get him into Star Wars. Let's have him do a Fantastic Beasts movie. I'd love uh, to see a James Gunn Star Wars uh, film. That, that would be, be that would be interesting. It would be. I mean, a lot of people want to see the the Taika Star Wars movie, right? Yeah. Mm. All right. This, yeah. We're we're not talking Speaking Star Wars. Of, wait, that, but that, I, I gotta throw in something <laughs> sure. else. Why you why you bring up Taika? Because here's my thing. Suicide, no, not Suicide Squad. Guardians movies in the MCU, solid. I, I'm I'm not a. I'm not going to be out here saying it's it's the most amazing thing. Yes, it was funny, absolutely colorful, but because you guys brought up Taika, I think Taika does James Gunn better than James Gunn does James Gunn. <laughs> when you see when you see Thor Ragnarok, it's like, oh, okay, this is what they were going for, and that's the thing that I feel like hurt Guardians too is that the comedy in that was not as good, um, and it, he just felt a little bit stretched because when you see the Guardians in Infinity War, which Gunn helped with the, with the dialogue there that did feel like it was a little bit punched up, but it's like, it's like, a, you know, a basketball player who has to take 40 shots a game, the entire defense <laughs> is locked in on you. That's a lot tougher to do than, a, you know, if you're, you know, Clay Thompson and you could play alongside Steph and, and KD back in the day right. and shoot your shots. So 
I think Taika is the guy for my colorful, fun MCU stuff. And James Gunn is going to have to prove himself with Suicide Squad and Guardians 3. We'll see. Mm. And it's interesting, you know, James Gunn, Suicide Squad. I think this is a good seg- segue into the main main topic of discussion here. HBO Max, HBO or the Warner Media Group dropped a big bombshell last week saying the 2021 slate of movies, about 17 films, will be coming, uh, will be released on the HBO Max platform uh, same day that they're released uh, worldwide in theaters. And obviously that includes the new James Gunn Suicide Squad, which... Uh, is is quite interesting uh, in itself, just because does this movie, you know, the the Suicide Squad film, is it potentially going to not do as well, right? Because it's going to the small screen first or small screen at the same time, and we're not getting this big theatrical release. Um, because obviously everybody's going to be able to see it essentially the exact same time. I guess the question the question is right the metrics for how you rate these movies as successful or flops has got to fundamentally change right like yeah. every movie if you're going to go by how much money it pulls in on the big screen is going to be a flop right that's just hands down 2021 is a wash in that regard so yes. you know, that's a 2020 too right I mean, yeah especially yes. with, with covid and everything like you, you you just have to reset the expectations so yep so what? So what? Are, what are the metrics that they can look at? Where you're like, okay, yep. so we we're not pulling in all this money, but how else can we deem whether this movie is a success? I'm not, I'm really not sure. Is it toys? Is it is it just is it just straight up streaming numbers? Right? Mm-hmm. Um, how much advertisers are willing to buy into certain spots on that streaming platform for the next season? So I think those are the questions. I guess that yep. a lot of these companies are going to have to figure out. Yeah, one thing that comes to mind for me, right, it's like, and Arjuna and I have had these convos on the side in the past, but I'll, I'll bring it here. It's a matter of, like, you got to recalibrate the expectation, right? Like, just because movie theaters are, are are going to be open, let's say, in June or, or, or May or July, whenever, doesn't mean that it's you're going to be racking up the same, like, box office numbers. Like, it's going right. to take a while. It's going to take at least a year, in my estimation, um, to get back to those levels, right? And so you have to really figure out what the new like level of success is like yes endgame got what 230 250 million week one yep maybe yeah. now such a hit only does 125 in week one like like what's the new playing field and after a year or two of covid in addition to streaming like we we have to like you know just really hit reset but the other angle to this is market share and this is probably why hbo max is doing this it's like well we netflix had a 12 year you know head start on us and all these other streaming companies have had a head start on us. How do we get in the game in a big way? And yes, we might not make a ton of money. We're probably going to lose a ton of money on this, but end of 2021, if we're a major player in the streaming space, because the entirety of this year, we gave you a major made for theater level movie every three weeks. Maybe that's a win for them. Maybe that's a bigger goal for them in the long term. Uh, and being able to stand, you know, side by side with Netflix, quite honestly, with the way more premium movies, right? So, because mm. Netflix, their entire slate, while obviously they've had some huge hits and haven't had to spend crazy money, you know, I think their biggest movie is going to be Red Notice with The Rock and Gal Gadot, and you know, Warner Brothers is going to deliver about six of those with that sort of budget <laughs> least, in twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, seventeen films in total is what's going to be released. Yep. Um, in twenty twenty one, it's interesting too because uh, obviously the news broke last week. There's been a bunch of follow ups, theater responses. Oh, yeah. uh, AMC's uh, CEO <laughs> basically was kind of very blatant, like. <laughs> what the fuck Warner Brothers <laughs> yeah. because it, um, what's also fascinating as you read these articles from like Hollywood Reporter is just like us as as audience and moviegoers we didn't know this was coming nor did yeah, the theater change nor did yeah. the Hollywood exec like Hollywood agents actors yep. filmmakers nobody knew this was coming um, yep. and we all know that for the Warner Media Group I think it's important obviously on one side that they boost this HBO Max product right yeah. uh when i think as of the taping of this podcast they're at something like 8.6 million subscribers which is tiny in comparison right. to like a disney plus yep. or, a, or a netflix 
So I'm wondering if, yes, releasing 17 blockbuster films in 2021 is a way to kind of boost Ooh, boost numbers. I and, think and abs- all that. I think that absolutely is part of the thinking. And look, the, that's the buzzword of the last few years for all of these media companies. It's streaming, 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 streaming. It's been talked about on all levels of entertainment, right? In sports, with TV, with movies. You know, like it. It is such an important part of media going forward. Um, and this was, it was kind of inevitable. Like this was going to happen someday. I don't think most people thought 2020 was going what, to be like Thanos. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like Thanos says, I am inevitable. Streaming is like Thanos. It's a purple, yep. it's a big purple guy that's just standing around mm-hmm. and he's just like, I am inevitable. Right. <laughs> that and COVID, is, and COVID just sped yeah. it up. The scheme is purple. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Boom. Boom. Do, you, do you think that's a coincidence? Yep. No. Yes. yes. <laughs> but, right. This was going to happen. I don't think people foresaw it happening this fast, but. COVID has COVID sped has everything up in this world. Has yeah. accelerated a lot. And look, you know, Warner made a big investment in HBO Max. All these companies have. Disney made a big investment in Disney Plus. You know, uh, NBC Universal made a big investment in Peacock, um, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on in terms of all of these, all of these yep. uh, different streaming giants. And yeah. uh, this is kind of um you, you kind of have to do something like this to to grow those numbers because 8 million isn't like I think it's right 8.6 8. 6 million like unique yeah. unique so, uh, users so we gotta we gotta ask it right now where are we setting the under over by the end of 2021 how much does HBO Max grow that subscriber base can we double it can we can we say I under over uh eight uh, 16 or 18 million I would probably take the I would argue by like Over? by the time that uh, the new Wonder Woman film comes out in a couple yeah. of weeks, like they've already, uh, I forget where I saw, it. I think it was on Slash Film, was already saying that since the announcement last week, they've seen a quick uptick in numbers in yeah. terms of subscribers for the HBO Max platform. That number's yep. just going to continue going right. as these movies drop. Like come Christmas Day. Right. Like it's it's interesting. There's a tradition for some families in the United States that on Christmas Day, after you do presents and stuff, you go to the movies. You go and see that Christmas. It's a very weird thing. Arjun and I Mm. went once and it was a god awful experience. We went to go see The Force Awakens. Terrible. You're supposed to start drinking. You're not supposed to go to the movie theater. God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You wake up, you have your your eggnog. Your eggnog. You're passed out by 12 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. What Christmas? What? Uh, then you wake up and you have second brunch. Eggnog. Your <laughs> second mom and dad eggnog, didn't yeah. give you eggnog, alcoholic eggnog growing up. <laughs> no. Oh man, awkward. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's interesting that yeah, in people who are obviously adhering to state rules about staying indoors as much as humanly possible, not going out, they're gonna want to see like a new cool movie, and it's gonna be interesting that. We have this Wonder Woman film that has been that was supposed to have been released another lifetime ago at, at this point. Yeah. Over a year originally, right? Um, yep. And it's, it's going to be interesting. Is I'm I'm very curious to see the numbers around Christmas Day and 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 afters because that's the other thing too is the folks that have HBO Max now or get it they like us for example we're going to see it most likely on Christmas Day. Surprise, surprise. We're probably going to do a podcast on it. We're probably going to tweet about it. We're probably going to talk about it. And it's going to be talked by hundreds of millions of people, right? And the only mm-hmm. way to see it would be on that HBO Max platform. So I would imagine massive uptick in numbers. It's actually also smart to announce that, oh, we're going to have all these movies throughout 2021. So people don't cancel at HBO Max yeah. Uh, yeah, right after – Right after Christmas, yep. um, just because then people are like, well, you know, I'll keep it around for this. I'll just like, I guess I'll keep it for the year because you have all of this new yep. content coming out. Who in our family I, pays for HBO Max? I do. Oh, and I'm glad. I'm glad. Well, thank I do. you for your service. Lovecraft Country. <laughs> like there's, there's HBO is a consistent, reliable source of quality content. It just is. So, so a couple of things to jump in there. It's one. It's like great point, right? It's pay for this and maybe maybe they have a yearly price right and that's why you release in, this entire slate and maybe if you pay for it for the all of 2021 you get like what 15 percent off who knows right yeah um that's definitely doable because basically the schedule is every three or so weeks you're getting a major yeah. made for theater movie on hbo max and so that's fascinating but the other angle to this and chris you brought this up of the the idea that HBO is this place for it that's very very selective and you can expect quality content. When HBO Max launched, I had a big question about that. I was like, I always typically knew that when HBO dropped a new series original of some sort, it was going to be towards a certain degree and level of quality. 
Yeah. With HBO Max, I did it again. Goes back to the basketball analogy. Now you have to take forty shots. Like yeah. I didn't know how they were able able to keep up that efficiency. And right. I think we've seen some of those cracks. Like some of the shows on HBO Max are not quote unquote HBO original, and they, they even try to divvy it up on their platform. It's like these are HBO originals, these are Max originals, and it does kind of get confusing, yeah. which has been an issue with their messaging so far. But I do think this is a play. It's like if they're going to get in the streaming game. You have to absolutely brought it into a wider audience. You can't pull off that Westworld shit with like, oh, this is not made for casual audiences. Nonsense. Like <laughs> you're, you're going for numbers here. And this it was always heading this way, I guess. Yes, the COVID just absolutely sped things up. But I do think it's fascinating because when Disney Plus launched and not to bring Warner and down to just a DC comic stuff and, and versus Disney, well, obviously, the, those the, those are the big money makers in today's movie theater game, right? The superhero movies, the blockbuster action flicks, and Disney has been so smart that they were able to create a movie slate and then introduce a streaming slate, yep. so they're not messing with the two different money streams, right? And I'm sure, as we've seen with Mando, they can create a lane where it looks movie style, but you know, they're, they're, they're probably being super efficient in the production of Mando, a lot of green screen and some other things. But it has a lore, it has the context, it has the background of something that's a major motion picture, and they're smart about it. HBO is just like, screw it all, COVID <laughs> happened, and well, now we're going to just put movies on this service as well. It's very much it's very much like the DCEU where it's just like chaos. Oh, yeah, which man. timeline exactly. is it? Nobody exactly. knows. Choose yeah. your own exactly. adventure. It's the wild one. Exactly. It's yeah. the wild we have three we have three Batman. Like what's the scroll? It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. Three oh, Batmans, man. four Jokers. What's, what's better than one yeah. Batman? Two Suicide Squads? Yeah. Three Batmans that don't yeah. connect in any way. Yeah. Well, I, I that, mean I, what's happening with New Gods? That's the Ava DuVernay project oh, I've been God. waiting on. Um, I've been waiting on the um, Nightwing project, we have, which, to my knowledge, we haven't heard anything about. But we have three Batman movies. So, <laughs> so obviously, theaters responded. They weren't super happy. And then just before this podcast, a certain individual, um, Arjuna's clear Enemy. best friend in the whole oh. world. Robbie, can I just say you had a clear Batman transition there that you let you, you didn't pick up on? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm gonna let you go on. Yep, I, yep. Oh, that's on me. That's on me. <laughs> Anywho, Christopher Nolan, he made this thing called Batman. <laughs> Speaking of Batman, good save. There I'm we not go. wearing hockey pads. Um, <laughs> so Christopher Nolan, great guy. He made uh, amazing <laughs> films such as Batman. Uh, he's made awesome things such as um, Interstellar, Prestige, Prestige Dunkirk. You went, you went Interstellar next after Batman. <laughs> they didn't have that coming. Uh, I'm, just, I'm a big, I'm a big Interstellar guy. I love the sound of that movie, yeah. but most people have it probably close to the bottom of Nolan's work. Yeah, I those people are matter crazy. Of expectation. <laughs> I, I mean, Interstellar is great just because. I personally just because of the score. The score is what it's amazing. It's great. Absolutely amazing. I'm yeah. also a sucker amazing for score. I'm a sucker for anything, you know, time tra time, weird yes. stuff, and then space. Yes. Space is beautiful. Yes. I just really enjoy Matt Damon being uh, an asshole. <laughs> 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 I mean it was shocking. <laughs> when he comes out when he comes out of hibernation, you're like, wait, is that that's Matt Damon. Is that Matt Damon? So speaking of assholes. Oh, boy. So Matt Damon was an asshole in that film for obvious reasons. And Christopher Nolan, as of late, uh, more specifically around the release of his film Tenant, decided to really double down on the idea that, hey, theaters should be open during a pandemic because that's smart. <laughs> so he doubled down yeah, on that, eventually got uh, Warner Brothers somehow, God only knows how. Uh, to to actually release the film Tenant in theaters. It was a kind of a, in terms of box office numbers, like we oh, all Oh, what a shocker. Right, right? Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, Warner Brothers or Warner Media Group made this announcement about, hey, 2021 films in theaters, also on HBO Max. He came out today and said... Uh, HBO Max is a terrible streaming service, <laughs> and the Warner Media Group are basically a bunch of poo-poo heads. <laughs> That's not a direct quote. That's exactly what it said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically how he's acting is like a child yeah. in the sense that um, his whole thing is you are cutting into the profits of filmmakers, of actors, of crew, et cetera, et cetera. Um, some folks, their contracts are set up dependent upon how, obviously, films do. Uh, so it comes down basically to, you know, people's pocketbooks and, and, and all that. 
Um, I'm very curious because there is an individual on this pod, Arjuna, who has been very vocal lately about um, Mr. Nolan's, I don't know, attitude towards these things. Arjuna, when you saw this, I, I looked at your face and you just were, you just, you, you were just disappointed. I wasn't disappointed. I'm just, I'm not surprised. The only surprising part of this is that he would take such a strong stance against his bosses, essentially. Yes. You know, uh, he's worked with Warner since 2002. Every single movie he's done since Insomnia has been distributed by Warner. He's, he, you know, he, he has a good, he has a very good relationship with this studio. You know, he's not anymore. He's made them a lot of money. They've helped him make a lot of money. And uh, this seems like almost a, a bridge burning type of comment in terms of just, just, just the the scathing review he essentially gave HBO Max, just basically giving it a big dump. And just being like, yeah, it's uh, you yep. know, it's 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 not good. So that was the only surprising part to me. I mean, Christopher Nolan. Uh, as I've previously said on this podcast, TD, uh, very disappointing personally for me that he he pushed for Tenant to only come out in theaters during a massive pandemic, uh, really pushed at it. You know, it was OK. And it just really came off as very tone deaf comments to me and, and not really yep. reading the room of what was going on. Uh, yep. and, and I, uh, I rightfully burned him, um, for <laughs> yep. his, for his, uh, for his, uh, for his comments. And yep. but this, this just, this just aligns with the new 2020 Nolan that we know. Yep. Um, I didn't expect that yeah. from him of all people, like somebody who is, has created these very beautiful cinematic pieces, these very interesting stories that in some capacity, some stories are about, you know, bettering mankind and like what's next for us as a group, as opposed to the individual, whatever. And then he kind of comes out yep. with this where it's like, Hey, I don't sacrifice. Want my- we we yeah. just talk about interstellar, right? Like that's, that's a big part of the plot. Like, big you one. know, one the connection of love and how, you know, you know, how much you can calculate that and quantify that to like just sacrificing for the, for the good and future of humanity. Like that's essentially like no one's essentially saying like, what no one's doing right now is if he showed up in a stellar and was like, Hey guys, I know there are no props or no food or whatever. <laughs> screw all that. Let's all make movie directors. And, uh, and like, That's how we save like, humanity. That's, oh yeah, like stop. It's wild. So, I mean, that's that's the main thing, right? It's perspective, right? I get it, Nolan. You're one of the very best of what you do, especially for someone who does it at the blockbuster level. Which you know, no, no one has gotten his critiques over the years um, uh, how great his work is. But I think he's still top of the line for me, just because again, he's able to do it on blockbuster budgets, but really, really like honk, like lock in their storytelling. Not a lot of people, people are you know able to do that. You you see one or the other, right? You either see true true auteurs, like they say, or you see like you know not to be too extreme, but like the Michael Bay's of the world who go out and just make a ton of cash. No one is really good at both. And that is a skill to, to behold and obviously, you know, appreciate. But at the same time, like perspective, bro, like I get it. Like, like <laughs> it's a pandemic. This is way more important than um, going to the movies and which I love, by the way, I, I can't wait to be able to go back to movies safely, no matter what home system you do have. And th- this is coming from someone who just, we spending a, a ridiculous amount of money for his Christmas present for the household on a big screen TV nice. just so I can watch some good old movies at the house. I can't wait till I can get back in the theater despite all that because it's a one-of-a-kind experience. And we've seen these um, uh, viral clips of what it was like watching Endgame and yeah. what I've called the absolutely single greatest movie, single greatest moment in cinematic history on your left. Like that is the greatest moment. And you know, cap saying Avengers assemble. Cause it's what 10, 12 years in the making. Yeah. Nothing is going to top that. Nothing's ever going to top that. And you could only ever have that moment in the theater only. Um, and so I cherish it and I can't wait for it. But at the same time, bro, lives. <laughs> that matters. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if we're all busy, you know, having to be in the hospital and take caring of, take care of each other and, and all of that, there's nobody to go yeah. to the movie. So maybe we should beat the pandemic first. Mm. And that would be exactly. nice. To go back. It's just, it's just yeah. weird because Nolan has just decided that you know this is my cause. You know, but <laughs> to a very say, stupid to cause. save the movie theater, and it's the only thing that matters. It's mm. uh, it's the Aaron Eckhart speech from um, that uh, Battle <laughs> LA movie where he talks about everything, but he's like, it doesn't matter. This is what <laughs> no, we have none, to none do. None of that matters. Exactly. None of that none matters. Of that matters. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's Battle just, LA. It's, Gotta just love it. it's just so strange. It's it's just so strange from him. He's he's our 
modern day Steven Spielberg, right? He, you know, like I think you said it perfectly, TD. He makes these amazing movies on big budgets. And really the only person that comes to mind is Spielberg who's ever done that. And, you know, he is, you know, to me, he's the leading voice in the industry. He is the most recognizable guy. And, And for him to basically double down again on... You know, I'm not again. I'm not surprised that he came out and said this, but it is disappointing yeah. um, because I, I I ultimately think like the movies still coming on HBO Max is a good thing. It's a good thing for consumers. It's a good thing to have. Yes, you still do have it coming out in theaters if things do get better, but you also have it coming out at home where it is safe for people to consume yeah. it. Well, this is what's interesting. So part of AMC's response has been, you know, you're going to go and drop this. Uh, bombshell of you know you're you're releasing the movie also on streaming it, there is a possibility that amc may not you know may decide that they're not going to carry any of yeah. the uh warner warner media movies just out of spite yep. <laughs> which is insane right that's it's just a very bizarre kind of strange thing uh, AMC has seemed that petty this entire time. With this, they've been so guarded against troll, this that troll, they've been petty yeah. from the start. Troll Hunters subject. World Tour, they were very like yeah. universal. They were like, "What the hell are you doing?" Yeah, and they exactly. started a war. Yeah, they started a war, but then they ch- they quickly changed their mind um, and said, "Oh, yeah. you know, Universal will work with you guys." Yes, so. it's 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 wild. But um, something something just came to mind uh, with Virginia's last point of yes, this is good for the consumers at home. I learned this early on in a workshop during my NFL days. It actually, actually was known as a Universal Studios. It was like an NFL player workshop at Universal Studios. And Peter Berg was speaking. And either Berg or someone else who was there, cinematographers, talked about real artists don't make art for consumers. They make art for fellow artists. Like, that's what they care about. So I know there's a money level to this. There's a money consideration to be made here. And, and Nolan probably speaking from that point of view, too. Yeah. But I really think mostly he's speaking from the art of cinema and trying to preserve that as much as possible. So in a lot of ways, it's like he might not be like the hero Hollywood deserves, but maybe it's the one it needs. <laughs> wow. Maybe it's the one it needs. It's his just own a- Batman. Yeah, exactly. He's come full he's, circle. There we go. Oh my but, God. But he, there we his, go. I mean, he's, he's, lived, he's lived long enough yeah. to see himself become the villain. <laughs> he, 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 he also has done yeah. that too. Oh, that, that's oh, another great God. point. I mean, the, the, you definitely need Christopher Nolan post pandemic to help rebuild the theater because, yes. obviously, you know, I think this HBO Max, um, whole, this whole deal, other companies are going to follow suit. You know, I, we've yes. seen Disney Plus do the, was it $20, $30 Mulan earlier? Uh, in this year, potentially yep. they do more of that going down the road, right? You yep. have you have Peacock and you have these other ones who are going to do do also more, yep. you know, potentially more of their theatrical releases on on their their sites do as you, well. Do you think Disney Plus is going to follow suit and say like, "Hey, fuck it, all 2021 Toy like, Story uh, Five, Black Widow, <laughs> I don't think need to. Toy, is Toy Story Five going? No, no, no. no, no, no. I just I just do that. In um, like I, I I think that would be that would be. You know, as they say, the, the final end of nail. That would be the final nail in the coffin. Like that's your your oh. two biggest, or basically the only major movie distribution yeah. platforms yeah. out there, and they're just saying, "Hey, I mean, we have a streaming uh, a comment from Lauren WW Soul. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the Pixar's latest movie is coming to Disney Plus also on Christmas Day. No paywall. No paywall. Yeah. So they are starting to follow suit a little yeah. bit in terms. But I believe Soul was actually announced yep. before Wonder Woman. Do you think they learned their lesson after the whole Mulan yep. thing? Because Thirty dollars yeah, from oh my god! Just, wow, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was not a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but let's do this though. Let's do this. Like I, you know, I did a whole like um, exit survey at the Ringer for for Mulan. I was like, yeah, I would pay thirty for that. I would pay fifty for Black Widow. It's not to say I'm out here just spending money on cons and willy nilly. It's just a matter of like going to the theater right now costs money. It always did. Like especially in LA, like if you're buying two tickets, which most people are yep. and buying concessions and whatnot, you're easily running yourself upwards of 50. Yeah. Right? Arjuna, getting close to Arjuna actually have all three of us, I think would spend the most on snacks. He I would, did like the large, he would get the large popcorn. He'd yeah. get the large fountain drink. Sometimes he'd get candy. How much were you spending? Are you sharing my movie snacks right Not now? No, no, no. I was, I was jealous. <laughs> 
Because like I sometimes share you, them. You, I some, shared them. Sometimes you would go and see yeah. a movie like three, four times because you had the you had the AMC. Yeah. I had A list. I had A list. Yeah. That's right. I was the, one of the early adopt. I think we all were. We we're all early yeah. adopters of the. Oh, I gotta cancel mine. Shoot. I don't. I don't mess with AMC. They're too petty for me. I do the Cinemark version of that. Ooh. Oh, nice. That's 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 my vibe. Um, but no. I, ultimately, I, point I was gonna make is that. Movies need to just become like sports in the sense that, yes, you can go to a game, mm. right? But you can also watch it at home. Let it be up to the consumer. It's the only cathedral in entertainment that it feels so like, oh, there's no way we can change this. We've seen the NFL be as flexible as they can be this year. We've seen the NBA create a bubble for crying out loud. All these institutions yeah. that we thought could not be moved like it was too stagnant. They've shown they can be flexible in the midst of pandemic. And for some reason, the theater game is like, no, no, no. This is the way it's always been. It's how it has to always be. <laughs> and I think they need to adjust with the times. It's a matter of make the movie going experience even more premium, create tiers. So, yes, if you want to do the basic movie watching, maybe you'd rather stay at home than go pay 12 bucks or 15 But there is a movie experience that no matter what setup I have at home, I am yeah. always going to go to the movie for. Agreed. And just make that happen. Right. Agreed. The end games of the world must be seen in a movie theater. I would, love, yeah. I would love to know as well. But even end games are one-offs, right? Even if sure. not necessarily that, but like even just the experience, maybe there is a, you know, you create premium experiences with whoever, you know, a director is being involved. And I know some movies do that with screenings and whatnot, sure. but just get more creative of how to make the movie going experience, just create more tiers and more high end for people that do want to go. Cause you're going to have to make your money right now. Not necessarily in quantity because people are going to be scared of, viruses and shit for the next couple of years yeah, and probably yeah. rightfully so so you're gonna have to make up for it and just you know upselling people and but provide a service that is worth being upsold for right well it's kind of like like i i compare it almost to like the drive-in explosion that happened recently right like arjuna yeah. was a, again i think you were one of the early adopters that went and started going to, to, to drive-in theaters yep. and obviously you know that experience to me is kind of weird because you're using your tv your car speakers right for your audio yes. and and that's the thing and then if your windshield's dirty then well you fuck <laughs> yeah, yeah very um, very much so but i went to a star wars uh drive-in for empire strikes back and what's cool about that is you pay x amount and you got like the, there were different tiers right like the vip like the midsection that like it also dictates where you're sitting right but then also they added extra things like you get uh there was like a, a funny goofy um like drive-through to do like a, a, right, a picture, picture right yeah there was yep. like you know can't, food or whatever can be provided like there's different tiers to it to make it a an experience right and yep. i think this is yeah to, to make theaters that thing i think TD, you hit the nail on the head where the, like theaters and movies, they need to start looking at them and treating them like sporting events, right? Yes. You can go to a sporting mm -hmm. event to see the Dodgers. You know, you can be in the really cheap seats and have uh, the nosebleeds nose yeah. or yeah. whatever, yeah. but you're there and you're having that, that experience or, you, you know, get a luxury paying, box or getting a luxury box or whatever, you know, yes. somebody, right? Um, right. But I think it, you're definitely right. Like certain experiences and certain movies will stand out better because yeah. of who you're seeing it with and sure. that group. Like, yes. Independence Day 2 was a shit movie, <laughs> but the three of us will always remember it because we went to the Chinese theater yeah. in Hollywood. They had just switched over to Fandango for online ticket sales, and the tickets, yeah. the seats were sold four different times, yeah. and there was just arguments. It was, it was, it was great, right? Yeah. So it's oh. like those experiences, I think... You know, definitely. De I mean, not that particular experience. That was that was shit. Yeah. Uh, you know, what's I'm, interesting? I'm a big Dolby Atmos guy. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have ever yep. seen the Dolby Atmos. Yeah, yep. I love the you know good sound, and that's mm. why I've, I've yet to adopt the drive-in theater thing. Because even though I like my car speakers, like I, I I just I'm wary about that. But the Dolby Atmos theater screens, the AMC, are pretty high end. I, I'm a big fan of those. I think I think the drive-in's like a great date night. Honestly, I think it's great mm, to yeah. go. It's it's great to go see like a rom com. Or, yeah. you know, just one of those movies that isn't necessarily, you know, a, a movie you you might watch on your couch sometimes. Yeah. It's just nice to, you know, especially during the pandemic, just get out yep. essentially and go somewhere and yep. feel like you're you're kind of going out, even though you're not really. You're just driving in a car mm -hmm. and then sitting in it for X amount of time. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it's it is it is tough. Like, I've definitely seen a few movies and, and there have been some movies that have suffered because the sound design isn't it's not designed for yeah. drive for car speakers. Yeah. And, yes. uh, you know, I, I, you know, I think I think 
you know, the, the name of the game is adapt or die. And, uh, mm-hmm. that's what movies, that's what movies need to do. And I think you have to optimize yep. it for these different situations of the premium movie theater. Uh, you know, yep. I do think the drive-ins are going to stay around. I, th- I think, especially as the pandemic keeps going, like I just, I wonder if some, some movie theaters and some movie companies, uh, try and design specifically yep. movies for a drive-in experience. Um, yep. and you so, know, and, and streaming too, honestly, streaming is part of that equation. So that's fascinating. Really quick. So I don't watch certain type of movies on a plane, like just because of sound. Once again, yep. if I can't really get into it, I'm not, I'm not going to watch a movie on a plane. Also, we will obviously be remiss to not mention that movie theaters have started the almost premium rent out the entire movie screen yep, for yes. 150 or 200 each, which is just an absurd amount of money. However, it is a great Christmas gift. So if it, if it makes anyone who's listening, it makes sense for you to make that happen for someone Please do. If someone was able to make that happen for me, I would thank them because I've not done a mo- movie theater since seeing Bloodshot. Oh, oh boy! Horrible! I know. I know. We'll do theaters. TDU, this is what we're gonna do for Christmas. We're gonna get. Yeah. We're gonna rent out movie theater for you, just yeah. you by yourself. <laughs> but the only thing they'll be playing is Suicide Squad. So, Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're trying oh, to kill man. him. I'll take it, bro. I'll take it. Suicide Squad in name, indeed. I'll take it. <laughs> nice. Good old Suicide Squad. Let's hope the Suicide Squad is better than Suicide Squad. Again, I think yep. it's gonna be interesting because when that comes out, I mean, I personally will like even. Once, once there is a um, vaccine readily available and it's running yep. out there, right? The CDC and certain, you know, doctors and everything have said, you know, the United States has to take about 50, like 50% of the population needs to take it yep. in order for things to kind of go back to an air quotes normal. I think the idea of people wearing masks, that's going to be, that's now ingrained. That's going to stay thinking, like, yeah. just like how in, um, you know, Asia, in Asian countries, you know, people yeah. are always wearing masks. Same Public idea. Culture, yeah. Um, smart, but I think it's like in 2021, I don't imagine myself being like, even depending on how we do with vaccine, I don't see myself going and seeing any movies in theaters in 2021. So things like the Godzilla film, Dune, uh, the suicide squad, those I'm all going to be watching on the small screen. And it's going to be an, I think it's gonna be interesting because it'd be that experience is going to either be really, really good if the movie's good, or it could be really, really bad. And there's nobody with me watching it per se. Like when we have our big group of friends going to see a, a, a movie, like some of those movies that were complete dog shit were way better again, because we're seeing with a bunch of people and you can immediately discuss it. Yep. Um, the other thing that is interesting with this whole rollout is spoilers, right? Yeah. You can now like on Christmas day, if we wanted to, we can live tweet what we see in the wonder woman film or, or, or you could just cut to the end. You could literally re- yeah. you know, fast forward fast to the, to the end, end. Yep. and see, oh, wow. you know, yeah. how X, Y, and Z happens and tweet it out at, you know, uh, at midnight, comes out at midnight. you yeah. could tweet it out 1202 if you really wanted to. Right. You don't have yep. to, you don't have to sit there through the whole movie. And, and people will do that. Shout out to Michelle McCoy who spoiled Endgame oh, for a bunch yes. of people. Oh, um, wow. And yeah, I've never been able to forgive him for that. It is spoiled for me because I'm, I'm way too smart for that nonsense. <laughs> um, it's like, how evil do you have to be to pull up a move like that? That's, yeah. I always tell people, like, that's the quickest way to like become my enemy. Yeah. Like knowingly spoil something for someone. No, nah, that's just so you're an evil person. You're just ca- causing chaos and get out of here. Um, but <laughs> and that's and that's that's gonna be Twitter Christmas Day. Yeah, like I yeah, stay off Twitter. Twitter. And everyone, I stay off Twitter Christmas. In fact, you should be off Twitter on Christmas Day. Like, if you're not with family, <laughs> be calling family, Facetime with family, yeah. friends. Don't be on fucking Twitter on Christmas Day. Brutal, what the man. Fuck? <laughs> it's 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 going to be wild. But I also question again. I we I compared it to to sports a second ago. What area where movies are not like sports and I'll even contend even for TV shows right now. I remember when Game of Thrones became the live tween event <laughs> yeah, of the century. Yeah, yeah. I hated it. It's like, no, watch the, what you're watching, focus on what you're watching. And then afterwards, if you, I think in general courtesy, there should be like a good 48 hour, 72 hour period, especially for a show like Game of Thrones. Yeah. But like, that's just me. I'm not down with the live tweeting of fictional storytelling of a live <laughs> sport of a documentary Sure, but fictional storytelling. I just feel like, guys, let's. It, I feel the same way about music. How music yeah. drops one night and everyone's tweeting their, 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 their reviews reaction. of it. Yeah, forty-five minutes later, it's like you gotta let that stuff sink in. You just 
people are just so ready to get their thoughts out there, which obviously that's what social media is now, especially Twitter. Yeah. But I'm so against it, and that is going to be an issue. And so, yeah, if you're not watching right away, stay off, mute all the words that you can, um, and just be just be safe out here in this in this Twitter streets, man. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be. That, that's a quote. It's brutal. That is it's a quote right there. there. <laughs> Twitter. Oh be safe on these Twitter it's streets. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Got to be. Uh, uh, throwing to our chat real quick. Uh, once again, thank you for obviously jumping in there. A um, couple of things in there. It looks like uh, D Ramgopal, that's our father. <laughs> he has a big TV, and now there, people are saying in the chat that I'm going to want one. Yes, mm. I'm going to want a new TV if I'm staying indoors yep. and watching movies. <laughs> I'm sure you haven't got one yet. Like, I mean, so here's my thing. I'm going to break this down. Yeah. My sound system right now sucks. It's yeah. true. Right? It's terrible. It is terrible. And I want to go the route of uh, Dolby Atmos. But at the same time, I also want to rearrange how we have our TV set up currently. So I want to wait until we do that and then figure out what system I want to get. Sure. But then there's also other factors in there, such as, you know, do I want it with embedded like Spotify or Apple Music or Alexa or Siri, like all those other factors. And I just have not watched enough YouTube videos, <laughs> to be completely <laughs> honest, oh, to make an God. informed decision. Um, but that's what I'm doing probably later today. Yeah. Now. That's what you're doing tonight after <laughs> this podcast. Yeah, yeah. probably. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't you guys want Wonder Woman to sound amazing? Yes. yes. There you yeah. go. But you only have like two weeks. It, right? Say that one more time, TD. No, yeah, just trying to recreate that as much as possible. And, you know, that's why I mentioned earlier, I, I just, I'm paying a ridiculous amount of money. Well, way more than I should be, or typically I would if it wasn't a pandemic. However, though, the audio side of things for home theater is absolutely daunting. Like, mm -hmm. that is a scary part of it. So if you even go on Reddit and Look at the different home theater subreddits. It's the real audiophiles will tell you: do not buy an audio system that comes in a box. Like you have to make that shit up yourself. It's like building a PC. It's like what the fuck, man? Like, <laughs> oh, wow. Let's it's, go get your subwoofers. You got to connect yeah, get your yourself. Receivers. Like that's yeah. Yes, that is the way to build a. And true then like audio the type system. of cables you're using as well. It's, oh god. Oh my gosh, it is it is wild. It is daunting, and that's why, like I said, no matter whatever system I set up at the house, I am going to be thankful when theaters become safe again because it's. Not easy. Not easy at all. Yeah, it's paying for that. You know, I mean, that's part of the theater experience. It's paying for the convenience of uh, not having yes. to set that uh -huh. shit up yourself. <laughs> set up, the, set up yep. the 18 speaker surround sound. And, oh, uh, so you're cool with an 18 speaker uh, surround sound? Isn't that what theater is? Isn't it 18? Is it, it depends on the type of depends theater. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like some theaters will have them embedded in the ceilings and the walls and in your reclining chairs. And in, in some I think, cases, I think, IMAX, I think IMAX setup is like 18. And some theaters, 18, like. You know, hubs of Atmos is the best I've been through. I've been to sound wise. Like mm. they could, I, I think I saw, I can't, I might have seen the bad Will Smith movie in that. <laughs> the one with this kid. The one with this kid. Not the, not, um, not After Earth. No, Pursuit of Happiness? That's way too old. Not Pursuit of Happiness, no. Oh, the one with him as his kid. That's the, the one. one so not actually with Jaden. Yes, it's the uh, Ang Lee movie. Oh, what is that? Oh, where he it has where he he has a clone, right? Yes, and correct. Clive Owen's Spoiler in it. Alert. Oh my God, I can't oh, remember that. Gemini Man, Gemini, Gemini Man, Man. Yeah, yeah, that was Gemini that was terrible. Oh, God. I, that was terrible. I still haven't seen that, that one. That was rough. That was rough. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was terrible. The Dolby Atmos experience was great because remember it was also in. He also shot it in this weird frame rate. Yes, that was pretty interesting too. Was like, it 120 yeah, frames or did yes, he do it? Yeah, 120 frames. Yes. I mean, I'm all for that, like, PC gaming frame rate, but for movies, that, that feels weird. Keep it to 24 frames. It's fine. It's fine. It's beautiful. It, that's, that's that, that, like, I think, yeah, movies should evolve, but don't change the frame rates. <laughs> that's a hill I'll die on. The frame rate. Uh, so moving, I mean, I think that's, that's definitely the HBO Max and, you know, maybe the death of theaters. Um Obviously, things that are working, the streaming services, Disney Plus is killing you, obviously, with Mandalorian. TD, you have been watching The Mandalorian? I have been, yes. I've been keeping up. Um, I remember when I first got Disney Plus last year and feeling like it was such a fun, joyous time that my the way to explain the level of joy I had was like if Disney came out with an actual product console box for Disney Plus, I would have bought it. Mm. Like that's how awesome it was. And like Mandalorian was a big part of that, right? So I'm not a big Star Wars guy. I actually, 
I've seen, I've caught up now for the most part. I don't have all the background and the lore. I'm not able to make all the connections and references. However, though, I do like the stuff that seems to be on the periphery of this main Star Wars universe. So I didn't mind Rogue One. I didn't mind Solo. And I absolutely, I'm a big fan of Mandalorian. But a big part of that is because I love what Gorgon's score. I love the scoring theme of the Mandalorian. I'm, I'm, I'm signing up for that every week. So I'm caught up, but I have way more questions than I would have any insight to answer just because I'm not as we all do. Adept. It's okay. You're <laughs> yes. you're uh, you're you're on a podcast with three uber nerds. Maybe we can if you if you want throw us to your two top questions and we'll see if we can answer them for you. Okay. Well, let's start here. Is it? So is the Mandalorian just John Favreau's itch of doing Iron Man again? For low budget? <laughs> yes. He's reliving uh, the glory days. Yes. Oh it really God. does feel that way. It absolutely does. So, okay, I have a few rapid fire. So that was one. Two, how do we feel about the name Grogu for Baby Yoda on a scale it. of one I, to ten? I hate it. Gogurt is a stupid name. I give it a three. <laughs> you hate it? Yeah. I don't like so it. So I'm okay with it because um, his predecessor's name is Yoda. So Yoda, <laughs> Grogu, it's like nonsense words. Yeah, so it makes sense to me. Yaddle. Yaddle. Yeah. So I, I, don't, I don't mind it personally. Fascinating. So you just revealed something that to me that Yoda is his predecessor. So fascinated well um, when i say oh yeah, yeah. Oh, so let me backtrack a little bit so when i say when i say predecessor i mean uh just uh his uh species like um got it yeah that yes. we've seen in in the the that star wars in the, yes so in the actual real life timeline not necessarily in the in the universe itself is that what you mean yeah 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 because they, they, they coexist they existed at the same time yeah because we know mm-hmm. grogu is about 50 years old and um, yes. At this point, Yoda's only died about seven years before. Yes, in, re- in Return yeah. of the Jedi, so they they did cross paths on Coruscant, um, mm. uh, probably on Coruscant. We would assume at the Jedi Temple. Yeah, there we go. Um, all right, my next question would be the backlash to what's her name? She plays Cara Dune. Not Cara Dune. No, Ahsoka. Um, I know. I yes, Rosario Dawson. Rosario Dawson, there we go. The backlash to her casting, because I've, I, again, I'm, I've not seen Clone Wars and whatnot. I have seen an absolute, I have seen images of the character that she's playing, right? right. And it looks spot on to me. It looked like, oh, that, that was her in real life form. It's very much like, I almost question, like, was she created after Rosario Dawson? Like the same way, like Samuel, yeah. Samuel L. and Samuel L. Jackson and Nick Fury are. Um, so I thought it was spot on, but I, then I looked online and it was like a bunch of backlash and yep. her hair is, or hair or her tail wig isn't long enough. <laughs> so what's the deal there? If anyone can break that down to me, what's the backlash about it? Are, are you guys, do you guys partake in that backlash? I, I don't think I personally don't partake in that backlash. Uh, I think it all comes down to artistic interpretation and it's, it's different mediums too, right? We've got one which is an animated an animation style, and then another one which is real life, right? And I think you know the creators of the Mandalorian are closely tied, obviously, with the creators of uh, the Clone Wars oh, and Rebels. The same people, it's the same people. <laughs> um, but again, yes. you're going between two different mediums. Um, I think the folks that are getting really upset are the same individuals that get upset uh, about your stormtrooper costume. And the thigh piece not being oh, the God. correct height, um, or the wrong shade of red, or the, the wrong royal shade guard. of red on like the royal guard or whatever. They get very hyper focused on things that aren't necessarily, I think, super important to that the core thing, which is the yeah. story yeah. and where yes. things are going, as opposed to you know physical appearance. I think part of the backlash yes. to TD is you know the character was voiced by Ash- Ashley Eckstein in the animated show, yes, and. Um, uh-huh. The uh, Bo-Katan, who uh, showed up in the earlier episodes, The Mandalorian, was also voiced was voiced yep. by Katie Sackhoff, which they also did. Yes. You know, they used her as a live oh, action. So that so that was real life. Okay, great. Yeah, and so I, was, I, I, uh, I think part of the backlash is people wanted Ashley Eckstein to play the live action version, mm. um, and so that there was that there were the the fans of Ashley that were upset and voiced their displeasure but i i i I, kind of echoing ravi i think rosario dawson did a fantastic job as ahsoka Uh and really elevates that performance because you know ashley Eckstein is a voice actress i mean i know she does some on-screen stuff but she's predominantly a voice actress rosario dawson is a very talented actress and really brings her own to this role and i think she can only like continue to grow into it as she has more appearances potentially mandalorian or most likely the spinoff yeah 
makes a lot of sense. I think that's why you cast someone like that, Ex- right? Yeah, big uh, time. to be able to carry that yeah. her own series, and so yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. I didn't, yeah, Katie Sackhoff, her, she was great. A big fan of hers, even though I've only really seen her in the now defunct and no one really remembers twenty four like season seven. Oh, that's right. That. That yeah. Oh, Marta Galactica, of course. I'd never watched that, but yeah, she is in 24. And it's I remember that. She's, she's very She turns character. bad. Yeah, she's she's a evil. She's Absolutely evil. She's a, she's an evil yeah. agent. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. only know her from Battlestar. Battlestar. I mean, a lot of people do. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. So, so, shout out to her. She, yeah. Cool. No one remembers 24 after like season five. Yeah, yeah. it's because it's because once you got to season six, they killed off uh, yeah. they killed off one of my Palmer, favorite characters, right? Curtis Manning. Yeah, oh, Curtis uh, Manning. in the oh, beginning yeah. of season oh, six. Wait. So we got to talk about that. Yeah. So <laughs> yes. this, I've been waiting to talk about this for a long, long time. No one cares about twenty four season six. However, I will contend the first four episodes of season six twenty four because I because it's a pandemic, guys, and I've I've revisited um, a lot of bad shows in yeah. these little little blocks. The first four episodes of season six is as good as any episode, like any 24. Agreed. Because it comes out of the gates hot and the Curtis Manning killing happens. Jack Bauer takes out Curtis Manning. Shoots him right in the neck. Isn't it to stop him from like yes. a nuke or something? No, it just still yes. goes off. It's to, yeah, so it's Curtis, to, it's to stop yeah, Curtis from killing um, a terror, a former terrorist that they're working yes. with, played by yes. the actor who played Bashir in Star Trek Voyager. It's all no, oh, not Voyager, Deep Space Nine, Deep Space Game Nine. Game of Thrones. He's that's, also in Game of Thrones. That's right. That's right. Where Oberyn's from? I forget. Martell. He's yes. the, yeah, he's the right. prince of Martell that gets killed by his own by Oberyn's mistress essentially yeah. yes exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah widow right <laughs> widow um so it all it all comes together guys and it's like it's <laughs> that first four episodes as well because the nuke goes off and jack is absolutely crying and he is completely broken and then it goes off the rails from there because they introduce jack's father which just makes zero oh, sense and yeah disappointing use his actual father no. No, no they, they used, use they used uh, philip cromwell right i think yeah. it's the actor's Correct. name oh yeah God. i remember i remember Correct. that was like the like that was the height of my 24 fandom because oh, i remember yeah. i remember yeah. specifically krishna went to college got us into 24 we like bought the box sets Binged yeah, them. Yeah. Ah, DVDs. Yeah. And, like on, on DVD. And season six was the first one we watched live. And the I remember yes. specifically the first four episodes were on the first two nights, like a Sunday and a yes. Monday. Sunday two, and a Monday. Yeah, exactly. two hours back to back. I'm like, it. I'm like, wow, after that for little yes. short hours, I was like, this is gonna be the greatest season ever. And then it sucked. And I feel like the it show the show never recovered after that. That was literally the end. <laughs> Aren't they that bringing twenty four back? Did I see that? Like the, there's a been, there's been, a thing or something. Oh, man. They've been trying so many times because they did that times. like they did that soft reboot with um, uh, Corey, Hor- Corey Hawkins. That's right, and that was like yep. the lead out for the Super Bowl a few years back. Yep. That only lasted yep. a season, and because he was like, "I'm out." Um, yep. And Corey is uh, he played Dr. Dre and Shreya Compton, That's so right. completely change up mm. and. Yep. From a lead character, even though I didn't like what they did with storyline, for some reason, like his brother was in the hood and he had gang. Okay, now we have a black lead in the show, but for some reason, they have to be they have to have a gang affiliation, which is kind of okay, whatever. Um, and again, if they told the story well, sure, I'll go with it. But they, again, it's 24 past his prime, so they did not tell the story well. No, no um, it's not. I, I, I don't know how we ended up here in 24, but yes, I just really wanted to say, like, that first four episodes of season six. Just like the original, it was the first time I was watching it live in college. That two hour, <laughs> so good, two day back to back was peak network TV. And <laughs> wait, I, yeah, wait, wait, this, this is on this? this is on Fox. So Fox, what, would this be yeah. after? Wait, when would they air on Sunday in the evenings? Yeah, this so was after yeah, the game after or it was the like, post the post game yeah. uh, show. Yeah, and Monday was before after Monday Night football. Well, it was on uh, Fox, so Fox doesn't have Monday Night Football. Didn't have Monday Night Football. They yeah, weren't so afraid they were competing. No, they they went they went head to head and they sometimes would win. This is this is Jack Bauer, man. He's Mister America. Fun. That's crazy. <laughs> even though he's Canadian, even though he's Canadian, even though he's Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. But I don't think forget twenty four not recover. I think the entirety of network TV as a platform did not recover ever since that because no. man, it was it was such a high and then it just fell flat. True. That's face. a great and point. It, you know, is twenty four the man. last? Uh, oh man, like truly, it was a game changer. Yeah, popular. it was an absolute game changer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. They should bring back twenty four, but 
have in terms of that distribution, put it on Twitch and just do it live. Yeah, they, so they've talked about a but you know not to go too deep into twenty four, even though we have already. But no, they here, man. they've tried they've tried so many they've had so many different ideas of how to bring it back. Yes. They wanted yes. to bring it back as a court drama. They wanted to <laughs> they wanted to they wanted to bring it back as like you know just recasting uh, Jack Bauer in you know, like a younger version, yes. right? The classic yep. easy reboot. Was he a lawyer? They've they've <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine? Could you imagine? Uh, they wanted to do the show in the non the non 24 format right like yes. it's uh, it's not it's yeah. not it's not in a, well, that's it's the thing not that in made real it so time. beautiful was that the absolutely. fact that it was 24 the hours the tension every yeah. hour it was yeah. it was part of the hook right so yeah. the last two seasons they actually pulled off was 24 live another day which is jack's final season and it was right. more like an eight hour season yep um and then the Corey hawkins version which was also like a 12 hour thing so I don't recall if they jumped time between episodes or if they just started at 2 p.m. and ended at 2 a.m. I think it was the latter. So, yeah, they, um, that's what, exactly what they did, TD. Yeah. And it's funny because both of those seasons are like, yeah, we're going to do 12 hours, but we're going to do like time jumps and like change it up. Yeah. And they didn't. They just did it consecutively. Did. And then the last two minutes, that's when they did a time jump to tease like yeah. their next thing, which they never did for both of them. Which they never do. <laughs> it, it's frustrating because when I saw those the, the, the development reports, I'm like, maybe finally we get to see Jack Bauer sleep and next episode he wakes up like <laughs> i actually thought they were going to bake that into the storytelling right right um but they didn't and here's a whack idea i had for 24 a couple of months ago because once again guys forgive me again it's the pandemic i love it the remake 24 but put it on the now defunct quibi that could have <laughs> oh, been a thing oh yes. doing it yeah and doing it you know do like small snippets chunks. Exactly. Yeah. That that should have been the play, but they actually oh. went on and had what the fugitive with Jack with um, Kiefer Sunderland, which again, that's right. Quibi, shout out, pour one out for Quibi. Oh, oh man, oh, man. gone too soon, <laughs> or, or maybe gone right when it should have. You know. <laughs> exactly. Do, do you think? Do you think the craze of twenty four in terms of like revitalizing looked at like all distribution platforms out there for like video content, and they yeah. have a plan somewhere for like TikTok? TikTok, yeah. like a yeah. twenty-four TikTok. I don't know. Who knows? Oh man. Who knows, man? Because they clearly they've thought about twenty-four. They did not. They do not want to let go of that IP, which is kind of strange to me. But <laughs> you know, it's a thing. That was a twenty-four game too, guys. If we want to go down, that's this right. Morning, we can there was go. a game. Was, was there like a game. like a DVD type game or something? Like one ah. of those? Like there's one of those. Yeah. And there's also there's a game that thing that came for the PlayStation Two and the Xbox. And yep. if you remember, like between seasons two and three. At the end of season yep. two, like David Palmer gets poisoned, yes. like with nerve gas yes. or something. Yeah, he dies. Yes. No, he de- no, he doesn't die. He dies uh, in season well, he five. Die. He gets okay. shot. Yeah. Okay. But like the whole game takes place like right after that and really connects the like, two seasons. Is there a theme park two being developed? <laughs> not as of right now. Uh, it's been paused. Oh my! Just, paused. just joking. Yes. Just kidding. It's being Good built times, in real time. <laughs> Good time. <laughs> Oh, oh my god, 24. What a memory blast. Seriously. I know. Oh we mean, we're a Mandalorian and we went down 24, but it's um oh let me see if I have any more questions if Mandalorian if you For guys sure. have Yeah, definitely. Time. Definitely. Um Okay, let's see. So it's let me ask you guys this. Would the Mandalorian, because I feel like it would, would it completely still work as it is if it was animated? Like, I think I, it would I be heightened. Like I, 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 I yes. get like a Samurai Jack, Samurai Jack yeah. type yeah. vibe. That would that would be pretty yes. epic. Yeah. Actually, if you if you like, I just feel if, like it would work. <laughs> if you like animation styles and like Samurai yeah. Jack style, they did in the early two thousands. They did a Clone Wars mini series. Uh, I think the entire collection is roughly two hours. Um, mm. That they dropped on Cartoon Network. It's the same guys that did Samurai Jack. Uh, but it's about the Clone Wars, like the actual war part of it. Mm. Uh, definitely check that out because it's in that style of like Samurai nice. Jack and it's all Star Wars and it's 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 beautiful. It's it's one of nice. the better things out there, I think. I, I think the nice. show I think the show would be a little different. It would probably it probably couldn't be as serious just because I think animation in general does lead to some levity does lead to some yep. comedy and mm-hmm. but i think you know there's certainly moments of that in the mandalorian and you could certainly play that up but yep. uh, i think the show works as a live action i, I think it, and i think it could work as a as a as an animation it would just be a different show i also think there yep. is i mean there is something about star wars and puppets and i think you know mm-hmm, baby yoda mm-hmm. slash grogu yep. being a puppet and being so cute is just 
the next line of that, right? Like nope. Bill Burr's infamous line is like, yeah, it's, you know, it's space wizards and puppets, you know, like that's, that's, yep. uh, that's fucking that's, Star, that's, that's Star Wars. Yeah. No, that's a good point. I think it would work really well as a game too. And we, you know, obviously we're just talking about 24, the video game. And I, I think, Video games have gone to this point now where there's really pretty good storytelling in video games. Like I think the Spider-Man PS4. Oh, definitely. Um, both both the original and Miles Morales, I think, are amazing. I think Miles Morales is not as great story-wise, but like just the world that they've been they've been able to build around the character of Miles Morales and diversity and be authentic in the way they put together that diversity, I think was huge. But the Spider-Man PS4 story is legit. I think it's. Yeah. I think if you were to rank all the Spider-Man stories from the last two decades, I don't think it's last. No, definitely not. <laughs> like, and that's count. You know, that's including live-action movies. Like, it's, I think it's pretty solid what they've been able to do. La- we all agree last, last would be Spider-Man 3, right? With Tobey Maguire. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know about that. <laughs> Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man. I'm just kidding. Yeah, two. Spider-Man 2 is pretty terrible. It's, it's bad. Ooh, yeah. Well, actually, T- TD, you just did a rewatch of all the Spider-Mans, yeah, right? I, oh I just did. I just did. And I got to tell you, well, first of all, Amazing Spider-Man has the worst, and by worst, I mean the widest basketball scene of all time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I got Peter I Parker. And to be fair, in general, I actually don't like sports movies, especially basketball movies. So I just think the basketball scenes are always whack. And plus, if you guys are watching, you guys are not going to be able to see this moving forward. Whenever there is a scene in anything, even if it's not a sports movie, at a basketball court, that scene always has to end with a game ending or play ending basketball play. (laughs) A shot goes up, a block. Something has to happen <laughs> on the basketball court because they're at a basketball scene. I might get it. It's like, you know, you want some closure, right? And if you're literally on a basketball court, it has to be a, it has to be closure. But it's so frustrating. Um, and the scenes just never work. But Spider-Man owns, I mean, Spider-Man specifically is the notorious owner of the worst basketball scene of all time. It's like, <laughs> those are the kind of things. That's why you need diversity. There needed to be somebody in that set and that creative team who was like, guys, what are we creating? <laughs> what is this scene? What is this? Why, is, <laughs> why does Andrew Garfield look like he's never touched a ball before? <laughs> why? Because like, he Flash has- and the kid. <laughs> exactly right and like yeah. Flash and who's playing that character how he's dressed up with his with his, oh, with his uh, armbands is all whack and then the dunk was like <laughs> what is going on it was like long jump it was guys so either way that was terrible however though I Spider-Man 2 Amazing Spider-Man 2 I would say took way more chances than anything Marvel has done with Spider-Man so far in the MCU wow. in terms of relationships in terms of it didn't, they didn't pull it off, but in terms of like, I mean, Emma Stone dies a pretty horrible death, guys. Like, again, and, and it, it was shot pretty well. I think so. It was built up decently, somewhat their attention. Like, I believe they're in love in real life and in the movie. I could believe that. Those were two kids who were trying to figure some stuff out. And so I like that aspect of it. I like the score. That was Hans Zimmer and Pharrell on it. Mm. Um, so there are things to like about Amazing Spider-Man 2. It doesn't hold up. Um, Paul Giamatti's Rhino was terrible and unnecessary, <laughs> um, yeah. but there are things to like about it. And I think Spider-Man three, the big, what the F with, you know, the dance montage and all the other weird things Toby Maguire was doing. And Spider-Man three is also from the era of superhero movies where the only lines for black people were the random sh- guy on the street, just commenting on Spider-Man flying by. It's like, Whoa, <laughs> look at that. It's like, Guys, what's going on here? Michael Bay is a big employer of this too, with like black comedians just randomly on the streets of New York saying yeah. random things. And it's such a time of the past that I'm glad that era of superhero casting is done with. Yeah. Um, yes. So, sorry, I know I just went too long with Spider Man, but I. <laughs> one of, no such thing. One of the things, once again, I've, I have revisited because of the pandemic. T- TD, we, we, we should definitely have you on as our correspondent in the field of like these deep dives into old movies. Because that's oh, fantastic. Man. You go all the way. Dude, no, that's good. It's the only it's, way. That's definitely it's, diving in. It's, it's been a well time, guys. It's been a well time. <laughs> uh, 2020, like I said, the last movie I watched in theaters was Bloodshot. Oh, so you can't really man. blame me for revisiting the old times because the new times haven't been so good to me. You know? <laughs> <So>. <sighs> oh, well. boy. All right, that's going to, I think, wrap it for us here on Was It Good? Yeah. TD, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, is yeah. there a place uh, that folks can find you? Is there something you want to plug? Yeah. 
Uh, nothing I really want to plug. Obviously, um, but Junior and I, you know, work at the Ringer, which, you know, they do this for real. And obviously you guys do a great job. Um, I, I obviously I'm behind the scenes there. Um, so if you want to check out any good movie TV show talk, binge mode, obviously something Ringer produces and right now is locked in actually on the MCU. Ooh. Um, which by the way, I, I put out a, <laughs> we can't get into this now. It's for a different conversation. <laughs> However, I put out a tweet a couple weeks ago because the binge mode MCU account at work asked for your hottest MCU take and everyone was responding. And my hottest MCU take was that, yes, the MCU has extremely enjoyable movies that are, you know, you go to them time and time again. However, the MCU does not have two to three, let's call it three better movies than Logan and Days of Future Past as far as quality of movies. And here's a caveat though. I was not counting, especially Infinity War and Endgame because those were movies. Those were once in a lifetime generational events that had lead up of like 20 movies to, to, to play into that. And I think that disqualifies those two movies from that conversation. Hmm. But I think it, I think it's this, I think there is Captain America, winter soldier. I think there is a black Panther. And I think other than that, maybe Thor Ragnarok other than that, I'm not sure I'm putting any other movies in the same category. Definitely is Logan. And less so Days of Future Past, but that doesn't age as well. But at the time, Days of Future Past was pretty, pretty amazing. Days of Future Past was definitely at the time, I think, my favorite yeah. comic yeah. book. It, it, blew, it blew, yeah, blew my mind when I saw it. I was like, it was yes, great movie. at the time, great it was trailer. like, whoa, this hadn't been done. Everything from that, from the jump. And, and it just kind of hit us there. And it's like, oh, this is pretty awesome. So, um, and like I said, James McAvoy in that is amazing. Fast Bender, I think, stole the show in first class. McAvoy in Days of Future Past, especially as a Nine Inch Nails version of him, is just simply amazing. Um, <laughs> so, he took the spotlight back. Yeah, he didn't love so the good. wig? Yeah. The wig was great. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. I was into it. I was, all, I was into it, man. So, you know, it, it's been good times, but nothing to plug specifically other than, you know, the great stuff that, you know, myself, Junior, and the rest of the folks at the Ringer do. Um, I have my Twitter account at producer TD. I um, sometimes tweet movies and TV shows, but usually also tweet sports, basketball, soccer, football. Um, not really promoting that per se, but if you want to follow along for some <laughs> shenanigans and some random hot takes here and there that get me in trouble, please do. Um, but other than that, man, just, just hanging. Awesome. Oh, Juno mentioned this. I have a, uh, I'm a new like dog pup, I guess. Puppy. Oh, congrats. I am, yes. And her name is Shuri. Named oh, after, you that's know, awesome. Who. Yes. Um, this is before, you know, obviously the untimely passing of Chadwick, and it was just something that we came up with, and it, it felt right because we knew we were getting a, a girl dog. Mm-hmm. Whereas prior to that, it was going to be Rocket. I, oh, I always wanted a Shiba Inu that I could call Rocket. Nice. Um, but we were getting a Golden Doodle that was a girl. It didn't, Rocket didn't quite feel right. So Shuri it is. <clears throat> Nice. It's a great Very name. Cool. That's that perfect. perfect. It's a perfect yeah. name, actually. Yeah. Uh, thank you again, TD. Love that you were on. Yeah. Uh, good stuff all around. You can find us as always on Twitter at Was It Good on Instagram at Was It Good BTM. And as always, this podcast is taped live on Mondays and Fridays on Twitch.tv slash Was It Good. And yeah, man, you guys do great stuff. Oh, appreciate glad it. Glad to be on. Thanks, thanks man. Thanks, thank you, sir. And I'm done speaking. <laughs> 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 we're at it.